0: I've been going there 16 years, and my dad went there, and I've been a very good customer, very long term. But I always feel like they charge me a lot of money, and I'm never quite sure if they're really doing the job right. But they're the guys I go to because that's where my dad went, and I trust them, but I don't trust them, but I'm not really sure. But you're the only shop I trust, and do you ever notice how much money they must be making? Because look at the service writers. The service writers wear those fancy wristwatches, and they have all this jewelry, and you know, you could feel your anxiety building. Never gonna I could see Danny's jaw just drop open more and more and more to the point that I I thought he was going to need oxygen or mouth-to-mouth, and since I wasn't interested in giving him the second and I wasn't able to provide the first, I thought I'd better get him to sit down. I sent Danny back out into the shop to sit down with his head between his knees so he wouldn't faint.
1: Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at
0: 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, come on in, sit down. Ronnie the car doctor, here at your service at 855-560-9900. That's the Car Doctor phone number. That number is 24-7, I should point out, 855-560-9900. And there's a messaging service attached to that. You can call that phone number, 855-560-9900, 24-7. If this radio show is not on the air, we're live. Uh, We originate Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States. And um, I have to say United States now because we have overseas listeners that we're learning more and more about each and every day um, from Australia to Spain and Saudi Arabia and Ireland and all kinds of places in between. Um, but 855 uh, has a messaging service attached to it. You can call, leave a message if we're not on the air, and Fast Harry, our executive producer, will call you back and get you in the lineup for the next week's show. And uh, we can talk to you about your car problem here on radio, which we would rather do because it educates everybody, and that's what this radio show is all about. Um, a couple of things going on. If you get out to the Facebook page, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, if you can, uh, a couple of interesting videos. There's one there that talks about the difference between the carbon footprint of the electric vehicles versus gas engines. You might want to take a look at that. It's kind of a shocking uh, bit of information. There's also some commentary uh, we just had in the previous hour, and you can pick it up on podcast as soon as engineering gets it up a little later tonight or tomorrow. Um, We just had Peter McGillray from SEMA on air. We did an interview with him regarding the recent EPA bill legislation. They want to turn into law where they're going to ban turning a street car into a race car and uh, all the problems that that's going to present. So uh, you can get more information there. You can get out to SEMA.org, also S-E-M-A, SEMA.org, and uh, read about there and add your voice to it. And uh, be concerned And, you know, even if you don't have an interest in it uh, Per se as a You know, you're never going to make a street car Into a race car Or you think race cars are noisy And you don't like race cars Great, you know what? But it's it's another erosion Of civil liberties and freedoms in this country And you've got to stop to look at that And say, where's it going? Because it's clearly an overreach of the government Um, So you want to be aware of that Also be aware that coming up on March 19th if you're in the New Jersey area, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, March 19th, we're going to be once again appearing at the AASP NJ New Jersey 39th Annual Northeast Automotive Services Show. Um, keep in mind, Northeast is an event that is ta- tailored specifically to the needs of you as an automotive professional. For those among our audience that are automotive professionals, we know you guys are out there. Um, We know you're in large numbers. I can tell by the emails that I get and uh, the way we have these conversations. So uh, we'll be down there doing this radio show live from the floor of the Meadowlands Exposition Center in Secaucus, New Jersey. That's March 19th. Um, That's just around the corner. That's uh, a month from now. Um, So I guess Tom and Harry and Tony are going to bundle me up and take me out in the cold, and um, we'll be doing the radio show from there. Um, but without any further people want to know we're going to dress you up and take you out yeah there you go so but 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 will i make a good presentation that remains to be seen well that's debatable yeah that's debatable so uh, listen as long as the mic is open in that direction i'm not even going to do an opening conversation i think we'll save that for later if there's time um, because there's a lot going on this hour we're going to be joined down around the bottom of the hour by paul eisenstein paul's going to stop by and harry said what do you want to talk to paul about today i said anything paul just there's a lot going on in the world of automotive and paul's always a good interview so well we're looking forward to that so we're going to try and get as many calls in this first half hour as possible harry you're you're you're, you're up at the mic wait till tom turns on your button yeah there you go Pref- pretend like we're professionals here yeah um, what yeah okay what can I do for you today who do you got here
1: well uh <laughs>
0: Emory? <laughs> yeah, Emory is in Maui, Hawaii, and that in itself makes you want to just say, uh, we'll take that call. Does he have the mute button off his phone this time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Emory, come on. Yeah. Uh, 94 Dodge Ram. Uh, got a crank no start issue after futzing with it. So uh, that's see, right up your alley. See what's going on. Okay, cool. Thanks, bro. Emory. Hi, Ron. There you go. Look at that. The mute button's off oh. the phone this time. You threw me for a loop last last hour. That's okay.
1: I know, oh. sunny, sunny Maui. Wish you were here.
0: Yeah, what's the weather? What's the temperature there? Hold on, I'm let me. Only
1: about eighty. Oh. a balmy eighty. Oh.
0: And the and the ocean is so blue. It's, it is. It's just incredible. Um, Wait, in
1: what's place, the temperature? Use my car. It's
0: it's eighty. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, what's Emory? You suck. Uh, yeah. What's the weather here? It's <laughs> uh it's fourteen degrees here. So um. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't work. Uh, but anyway, um, what do you got here, Emory? What's going on with this truck?
1: I got a 1994 Dodge Ram 350. It's a 318 5.2 liter Class B RV. Okay. And I recently bought it, and I can when I try to start it, it'll crank, 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 nothing for about 10 seconds. But as soon as I ignition and turn the ignition back on, it will fire. And okay. This is what does it when it's cold mostly. If I'm driving it around and doing errands and I stop, it'll start right back up, no problem. But usually when it's cold or it sits for a while, it'll crank for a long time. Then I have to turn off the ignition and then try to recrank it again. Then it'll fire. All right. I turning on the ignition and letting it sit there and then crank it, still doesn't work.
0: Do you know, are you missing, when it goes into this crank no start condition, do you know what you're missing? Are you missing spark? Are you missing injector pulse? Are you missing fuel pressure? Have you tested oh, no. anything yet?
2: Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Uh, what do you have
0: the it, what it do you, usually starts? All right. What do you have the ability to test? Uh
1: nothing really. I have to take it to a mechanic probably. Okay.
0: Um where I would start, you know, it's let's 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 think of a lawnmower. A lawnmower doesn't start, it's spark, fuel, or mechanical. Single a mm-hmm. simple one cylinder engine. Automobile or a trucks, no different you know spark fuel or mechanical i don't think this is mechanical i'd be i'd be hard pressed to think about how it could be mechanical so i'm going to think in terms of spark or fuel so where i would go probably the easiest thing to do on this on this 94 ram 350 you know rv conversion where the engine is stuffed in there probably the easiest thing to do is to find the ignition coil itself and go to the po- go to the hot side of the coil Do you have hot at the coil? If you have hot at the coil, do you have spark? Or you could do it the other way. You could check for spark first, and then do you have hot at the coil. But, you know, verify, do we have spark? If you don't have spark while you're cranking it, then the next thing I want to know is do you have injector pulse? Because this this should be a port fuel-injected motor, or is this throttle body?
1: Do you know? That I'm not sure. I don't know.
0: Um, Either way, there's going to be an injector involved here, and probably the easiest way On this vehicle, it would be to take a stethoscope, a mechanic stethoscope, and listen. Does it click, 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 click while you're cranking it? And if it's port fuel injected, do they all click? If it's single or two injectors in a throttle body, does one or both of them click? All right? We're just Mm -hmm. trying to verify do we have the ability to drive the injector. If we have power at the coil but no spark and no injector pulse, then I'm going to start to think about maybe I've got a bad crank position sensor and run some tests on that. That would not be uncommon, all right? Um, okay. In the old days, and I'm going to mention this, I don't think this is the problem, memory, but I don't want to miss something simple. And from my seat here, since you haven't flown me out to Hawaii yet, it's 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 too hard <laughs> for me to see. Um, hint, hint, nice remote, 80 degrees. Um, I'm, I'm going to think about, in the old days, Chrysler ran a dual-stage ballast resistor, That would bypass the main main ballast resistor to up the voltage to the coil to provide a hotter spark during cranking, and then once it started and you move the key back to the next click, it then ran through the other side of the ballast resistor and it lowered the amperage or and lowered the voltage across the ignition, the points, what have you, and allowed the vehicle to run. A lot of times, those vehicles did that exact same condition and went into a crank no start, just like you're describing. I really Mm -hmm. doubt you have something like that on this vehicle, but on the chance that you get into a, you've got fuel pressure, you've got injector pulse, and you have no spark, and you've got power at the coil, or you don't have power at the coil, and you can't figure out why, start looking through a wiring diagram. Is there some type of a bypass or a cranking resistor that's in this vehicle, simply because, you know, it's an RV, and I'm not sure to what level it's different than a standard production vehicle, um, you okay. know, just, just just want to cover the bases. But that's how I'd approach it. Uh, you know, it's, it's it could be a bad ignition switch. It could be a coil. It could be – there's a lot of things here. But until we know what we're missing, I don't want to start replacing parts because that creates a whole other set of problems unto itself. All right, sir?
1: Yeah, it's the funniest funniest thing I could just – Turn the ignition off and turn the ignition back on after cranking for 10 seconds, then it'll fire right up, right. fire right
0: up. Right. So where, you know, is it, you know, and I'd be curious if you, instead of released it from the crank position, if you just kind of nudge the key back a touch so ah. that, so that you're still cranking, but you just sort of change position of the contact switch, contact points inside that. the ignition switch, does it start? And if okay. it does, then I'm going to think we've got a bad ignition switch, and you can do some testing there. Good one. All right, Good sir. Uh,
1: think Thanks, of, Ron. Think,
0: think of us when you want company, and we'll talk to you again real soon.
1: we we'll see you in Maui. Take
0: care. Bye-bye. 9900 Well, now that Harry's gotten schwelt. You know, we can take him out in public and put him in a bathing suit. This uh, is true, and, this... and the girls won't all leave the beach. Right. The girls won't leave the beach, and they won't go whale ho. 855 The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Uh-huh. Back, Ron, and the Car Doctor, the mechanic machine here, rolling along this hour. All right, that'll be enough out of you. Um, sit down, and uh, let's get over and open the phone lines. Rob in uh, Northwood, Ohio, 2000 GMC pick-up truck. Yes, Rob, how can I help you? Ron, and the Car Doctor at your service.
3: Yes, um, uh, last summer I, uh, I rebuilt the engine and transmission, and uh, I bought a new code reader and I thought I would check and. And see how everything uh, is running and uh, uh everything seems to be fine filtering and all that, but uh the timing seems kind of excessive um it's running at nineteen degrees, okay I think that's, that's a little high I think
0: well are you're saying you're reading it off the code reader at nineteen degrees, yes, right um you really have no base control. Is this 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 has got it in two thousand? I'm trying to think of what two thousand looked like. There was a distributor in two thousand. Yes, yeah, so,
3: so it's got a um, um, a plastic type distributor. Right,
0: right, 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 right. And there was a procedure for setting base timing, and you followed
3: that. Yep, yep. I did it multiple times, and it comes out the same. Do you and have it's not adjustable? Do
0: you have right? No, it's not. And do you have any issues? With the truck and the way that it runs, any detonation, any pinging? Any... Well,
3: it, I think it's pinging, but it's got, uh, it's got plenty of power. Um...
0: Well, let me ask you this. Have you tried setting the timing wrong?
3: No. Just to see uh... what it does.
0: Hmm. See, see, part of the problem here is we're, we're talking about a 16-year-old vehicle. Right. And we don't know what good looks like. Yeah. Be- because I'm going to admit to you right up front, I- I've never sat there with a scanner. If I have, I don't remember and, you know, bothered to look at what timing is based on what the scan tool saying versus, you know, what I set it to and what it's running at. Um, right. Now, one thought I would have is wasn't there, wasn't this the procedure where you had to disconnect a wire and put it into EST mode or change something to set timing Hmm. wasn't there wasn't there a special procedure for this it wasn't just a matter of hooking up with a light or am i thinking of the wrong vehicle yeah
3: it, you might be thinking of the wrong vehicle the only thing i that i know of is for setting is a mechanical setting you line up two uh two dots on the on the gear and the distributor base and you uh slip it in and it rotates over to this uh points to this point on the this top of the distributor where the cap goes.
0: Okay, because this distributor is pinned into the intake.
3: Yeah, it is.
0: Okay, because um, what I was gonna what I was gonna ask was, yeah, but there was a procedure. Um, there's a procedure doing cam retard offset on this. Hmm. There was something about that. There's something about there's a, there's a procedure using doing something called cam retard offset which will change spark advance on that particular engine and a lot of engines of that era. And what I was trying to get to is if you know that the distributor is set properly, I was thinking along the lines of if we set it at zero, what does the scan tool read? But that's not going to be the case here. I was thinking we had to put it in a timing mode, but that's not the situation. Mm -hmm. What I would do is go research cam retard offset. That's kind of coming back to me. Um, that there's and you'll need a scan tool that will allow you to do that procedure, or this distributor has some movement, correct? Or is this pinned? This is physically it's pinned.
3: pinned. It's it's pinned. It's one location. That's it.
0: Um, something about checking cam retard offset on a scan tool. Where, in other words, what you're doing is you're setting timing using the scan tool, and mm-hmm. if if it was pinned and you can't move it. I believe they had you oval the slot or make a change to allow slight movement so you could find your position. But before you do that, do some research on cam retard offset. You know what? All right. Send me an email, Ron at cardoctorshow.com. dot com. Give me give me the seventeen digit VIN. All right. And I'll do a little research on my own and I'll send it back to you.
3: All right. And I'll
0: see what I can come up with for you on that because I'm kind of curious now. Now you got me, you know. It's it's sometimes information falls off that side of the hard drive because you can't remember everything. So exactly, n- now yeah. you got to get curious and go back and look and see what was it, even though you'll never use it again because that's just the way I fly. So, all right, sir? Yes, sir. All right, thanks, Rob. You take good care. Let's go over and talk to Dave, Boston Mass, 02 Honda, and some overheating issues maybe. Dave, what do you got?
2: Uh, the 02 Accord that um, my son's... Uh, thermostat was going up into the red zone, and I had, I checked the relay, the fuses, and the fans are all okay. Okay. Then I uh, sent it to a mechanic, and uh, he verified the same thing, but uh, I had him go ahead and replace the uh, thermostat and the temp sensor. And after that, he said it's at, on back road 3035, it's going three quarters, but on the highway, it's still getting into the red. And he's saying, even though he did a pressure test and found no lead, he thinks it's a head gasket. Okay.
0: Well, what if we do this? Can we pull the plugs when the engine is cold and pressurize the cooling system and see if any coolant collects in the cylinders?
2: Uh, okay, yeah. I'm trying to look at what are the next steps. That the bug is well,
0: doing. it would be that. And then the next step would be, I would take a compression adapter, hook up shop air to a cylinder all right, and pressurize it and look at the coolant in the radiator. Do we any see any signs of bubbles over the long haul? Do those two steps, Dave. Call me back, and we'll go from there, and I'll try and guide you accordingly. I'm Ron Aiding the Car Doctor. Paul Eisenstein is next. Don't go away. and the Car Doctor, and uh, it is kind of fun, the Valentine's Day edition of the Car Doctor. I knew Elvis was going to make an appearance here somewhere this weekend, and, um, you know, Elvis is still rolling. Thank you. Thank you very much. There you go. I knew. Is that who that is behind the microphone? Um, funny, you look different today. You don't look like Tony, so, but um, I could tell. So, anyway, a lot going on in the world of automotive, too. It's not just uh, Valentine's Day. It's, um, there's a lot of automotive stuff going on, and we thought it would be a great time to reach out to our main go-to guy in that kind of a situation, Paul Eisenstein of the Detroit Bureau, com. Once again, Mr. Eisenstein, welcome back to The Car Doctor, sir. How are you? Paul, are you there?
4: I am in go at the uh, Chicago Auto Show.
0: Yeah. And uh, what's going on there? There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a big to-do at the Chicago Auto Show this year, correct?
4: Yeah, it's... Uh... Well, it's one of the uh, one of the uh, traveling road shows, as it were. You know, there's a whole sequence of car shows. We're in about halfway through the season. We've
2: done L.A.,
4: we've done Frankfurt, we, uh, we did Detroit, so now we have Chicago. Uh, we've got a couple more coming up. We've got the uh, a Geneva show in New York and then uh, Beijing. So it's going to be a busy season.
0: Now, do you follow and go to all the shows, Paul? I guess you have to, right?
4: Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make it over to Geneva this year. I have a few conflicting things going on but uh, that still may happen so i try to all the major shows because it is a global auto industry and you really cannot just cover it by uh, just attending the shows anymore
0: yeah you've got you've got to be at all of them right so yeah you know, absolutely. I, I, I could understand that well let's stay here on this side of the pond um what do you see at the chicago auto show this year what's the big deal i know trucks are hot right now right
4: truck trucks trucks uh, you know, it, it, of course, it, it depends on your definition. When
0: I yeah, we're, we're
4: well, we're. It, it was a different thing back then. It was body-on-frame vehicles. You know, you had a small number of rugged SUVs, the old Jeep Cherokee, uh, the Bronco, uh, of course, pickup trucks. Today, it's a very different thing. You get a lot of vehicles. Of course, minivans are included in that. And then there's a lot of these so-called crossovers. Some of them look like SUVs. Some of them look like nothing you've ever seen before. Uh, what exactly is a Mercedes GLA? What exactly is an Infiniti QX30? But they go into the truck category, and this is where the world is changing. Uh,
0: Chevrolet, you know, from what I was seeing... Looks like they have um, some really crazy new models uh, this year at the show. Paul, I saw one. It was was a cross-sectional cutaway. It was uh, two sets of bucket seats and then a bench seat in the back. And I couldn't tell if it was an SUV, if it was a pickup truck, or what exactly it was. Any chance you can identify that for us? Paul? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think he's gone. Look at that. Well, you know, that's what happens. You're, um, you know, I think he's, uh, yeah, You think we had a bad cell connection there, Tom. Yeah, all right. Well, let's try and get him back, and uh, let's move on. There's a couple other things we can kind of talk about. Um, I want to talk primarily about the fact that if you get out to the uh, Car Doctor Facebook page, and I've been banging this drum all day today, um, but I think it's important we're, we're talking about that. We were going to talk about that with Paul um, regarding electric cars. The electric cars, um, uh, I won't say they're an issue. But they're they're having their problems in terms of appeal. And if you get out to the Facebook page, uh, you will see there's a nice little video we posted about the difference between the difference between um, uh, uh, electric cars and gas cars and the CO2, the carbon footprint that they leave. And I understand we've got Paul back. Paul, you there, sir?
4: Yeah, my apologies about that. The reception and the uh in this building is pretty bad. Hope can you hear me all right yeah, now? Yeah,
0: now now we're good. Now we're good. I was actually I was saying before, and thanks for for making the effort to get back to us. We appreciate it, and the listeners do too, I'm sure. Um, I, I'd seen a cutaway um, Chevy product. Chevy seems to be the big hit at the show this year. The way the way they're talking, I don't know how true that is. Um, but some radical new truck designs. Can you verify that for us?
4: Well, well, of course we saw. Uh, some passenger car products over there. Chevy brought out the 1LE package, an old high-performance version uh, that they are bringing back for the Camaro. Uh, We see it both this time on the six and the 8-cylinder model, which is really new. Uh, But we also saw the tracks, and that gets back to what we were talking about before I uh, so rudely disappeared on you, uh, you know what? What are these things anymore? What's a, what's a truck? What's a passenger car? Uh, and the Chevy Trax is a great example of that. But this is a vehicle that is selling wildly. I mean, they can't keep up with demand. In fact, Chevy is struggling to meet demand for the trucks. They'd probably be selling more if they had enough capacity, whether you're talking about the mid-sized Colorado, remember that came back about a year and a half ago, or traditional trucks like the Silverado. Uh, The market for trucks is just exploding. And I'll bet that if uh, listeners would be calling in and giving their vote, I'd bet uh, the vast majority of them are going to say they'd buy a truck next time. You know what?
0: We'll have to take a survey. Maybe we'll start doing that. We'll take a survey in the next couple of weeks and see what people, if they're in the market for a new car, or even if they're not, if they were going to go out and buy one, what would they buy? Um, interesting idea. Yep. We'll post the results up on Facebook. So you know, we know trucks are hot, and I guess the price of gas is helping the cause, right? Because the price of gas is so crazy low now—it's a dollar and a half to two dollars a gallon everywhere in the country. Um, what's that? What's that doing? I can understand why that's created, helping create the truck resurgence. Um, is that, is that having any kind of an effect on uh, the electric cars, Mr. Tesla and the bunch?
4: Well, first of all, the interesting thing is that most of the studies say that while low gas prices are encouraging people to think about trucks, most of the experts seem to suggest that even if gas prices go back up to two, perhaps three, even four dollars a gallon, we're probably not going to see a lot of people bail out of the truck category to go back into passenger cars. And and think about it. If if you've been shopping, I know you keep a good eye on what's going on in the the automotive market. The difference in fuel economy between, well, here's a good example. The Honda Fit, okay, subcompact model, 34 miles a gallon. But when you go and look at the Honda HRV, which is the truck or crossover model based on the same platform, it's only about three miles a gallon less, uh, and and that's just not enough to make a huge difference. It's not enough to get people. When you're talking 37 to 34 miles a gallon, it's not enough to get people to say, "Oh, I can't afford this. I've got to go back to a traditional passenger car." Right, I'll
0: take one over the people other. People like yeah.
4: like the benefits.
0: You know, people like the size. I think America is still in love with big vehicles, and and the size and the security and and being able to put everything you want. You know, we we were in a, uh, as a family, we were in a 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee last weekend. Um, we were out doing a little, uh, you know, road testing and piloting. And um, interesting to note, you put five people in that vehicle, there's no room for anything else. Uh, there's not a lot of trunk space. It's not like you could take that car out on vacation. Uh, you would need a roof rack to do it for suitcases. So Yeah, yeah uh, that's true. Uh, you need bigger. Now, bigger. Here, here's,
4: the, here's the interesting thing. Uh, when you look at one of these uh, these, uh, crossover vehicles and you compare it to a similar vehicle, in many cases based on the same platform. Remember, most of these so-called SUVs these days are based on passenger car platforms. So you can make a direct comparison. And if you look at the Honda Fit versus the Honda HRV, you're getting a ton of extra space. All of a sudden, you've got, a lot more legroom, you're sitting more upright, you've got a command view of the road. And this is the sort of thing that makes the big difference that matters to consumers. That's why, in many cases, they're willing to go for the slight reduction in fuel economy and the slightly higher uh, MSRP.
0: Right, right. Hey, Paul, we're going to pull over and take a pause. When we come back, I want you to think about two things. Electric cars? Yeah. What's going on with Mr. Tesla? Um, And this may be off the wall, but I'm just curious, any mention of hydrogen fuel cell at the Chicago Auto Show? Any talk about what the future um, might bring? I'm just curious to see if that ever gets mentioned, and we'll talk about that. When the car doctor returns, Paul Eisenstein of the Detroit Bureau will be back right after this. Oh, the Valentine's Day edition of Ron and Annie and the car doctor. Here I am. I can't wait till this weekend's passed. Um, by the way, just real quick, tonight is um big kickoff. Does anybody know what happens tonight before we go back to Paul Eisenstein? So, tonight's the first NASCAR race, Daytona, I think runs tonight. So, uh, we're back to auto racing before the EPA bans that. So, uh, Paul, you there, sir? Yes, I am. Um Mr. Tesla, before we're going to we're going to go quick before the clock takes us in 4 minutes. Um, what's going on with Tesla? He's not doing too great, those electric cars of his, are they?
4: Well, you know, it's a crazy story here. The market has, well, let me, let's talk the stock market. The stock market seemed ready to walk away from Mr. Tesla, Mr. Elon Musk, and his electric car company. Uh, stock prices, as of late last week, fell to about a half of their two-year high. Uh, but what's really strange, this is where it gets totally confusing. And I am not smart enough to figure out the stock market when this sort of stuff happens. Would you believe that he reported, instead of the small profit that was expected from Tesla Motors, instead they wound up reporting a big loss? Okay, now what would you expect the stock market
3: to do?
0: Um, If he's reporting a loss, I'd expect him to back away.
4: Yeah, well, instead of backing away, after backing away for months... The stock surged. They actually had a big buildup in the stock price uh, at the end of the week after reporting that big loss. Now, what's helping is that there's a lot of talk about what they're going to do next. So, for example, they're going to start taking orders in a matter of days or weeks for the new Model 3, their mainstream electric vehicle. But I can't figure it out. Uh, it, It just totally makes no sense. Tesla has a horrible quarter. Their production is down and the stock market comes rallying back.
0: Well, you know, just, just as an aside, and this is clearly opinion, and I'm just speculating, but what I've been reading lately about electric cars and their cost to produce, it seems like without government support and taxpayer dollars, the electric car wouldn't even be a reality. So, you know, is the stock market pumping up the electric car, Tesla included, in order to make it a viable alternative and somehow hold down the price of gasoline because it sends shivers to our friends over in the Middle East. And uh, that's clearly speculation on my part as an American citizen. So, um, But it just yeah, it, it I, does I, make I, you wonder.
4: I, I, I'm not sure Wall Street would, uh, would care one way or the other. They're just going to put the money where they think they can make money. Uh, but what's uh, interesting is that the cost of building an electric vehicle is dropping. Uh, i don 't know if you've happened to see the new issue of Wired magazine, which you know is the tech industry Bible, so to
2: speak yep yeah sure and
4: and the cover has Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors on yep. it, with the new Chevy Bolt with a B. You may recall that that was introduced at the Consumer Electronics Show, and then they had a second introduction at the Detroit Auto Show a week later about a month ago. And uh, Mary Barra has actually beaten, her team has beaten Tesla to market with an affordable long-range electric vehicle. It's 200 miles, and if you include the federal tax credits, you're talking about roughly $30,000. Now, this wouldn't have been possible. If you think about it, it would not have been possible. A decade ago, the batteries in that car, the battery pack, would have cost twice as much as what the average consumer is going to be able to buy the vehicle for. It would have cost fifty dollars to $60,000, but the price of batteries has begun to plunge. It's gone from about $1,000 a kilowatt hour to about $150 is what GM is paying for the battery cells, not all the accoutrements. And if you do the math real quickly, uh, 1000 times 60 is sixty thousand dollars is what they would have paid a de- at the beginning of the decade.
0: Right now, they're paying
4: instead. Yeah. The current cost is about about uh, what nine thousand dollars.
0: Something like that, yeah. Real quick with the top of our heads, yeah. Wow, wow. So the price is dropping um,
4: very quickly. Very, yeah. very quickly.
0: Yeah. Very quickly. Okay.
4: So, so, so the question is: Will will electric vehicles bounce back? Will the Chevy Bolt with a V? You know, their second-generation plug-in hybrid just had its best month ever in January. Uh, So that's that's an interesting sign. I can't tell you what's going to happen. I can just tell you that there's a lot of people that want to see electrified vehicles take off. And I don't think we're going to see the industry back down, not with the tough fuel economy standards coming in 2025.
2: Right.
0: Right. Well, well, then we'll have to see where it goes. And you know what? We're going to have to leave it there, Paul. The clock's going to take us to be continued. Next time around, I want to talk about hydrogen fuel cell. We'll get to that part of it, and uh, we'll go from there. Listen, enjoy the rest of the auto show. And as always, thanks for being on The Car Doctor. We appreciate it, sir. My
4: pleasure. Sorry to have so much noise in the background, but good to be with you.
0: That's okay. We're glad to have you. Noise and all, sir. You're you're always great. I'm Ron Anany in The Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back, Ron and of The Car Doctor. The phone number here is 855-560-9900. There's no more time for calls today, but I want to point out, as always, 855-560-9900 is a 24-7 number. Call, leave a message. Fast Harry, our executive producer, will call you back and uh, get you in the lineup for next week when we're uh, on the air so that everyone can hear your problem and we'll give you the solution and we uh, educate everybody. That's what The Car Doctor is all about. A couple of things. Um, big NASCAR race on tonight. NASCAR launches their 2016 season. And uh, I think that's kind of appropriate since we were talking about how the EPA is going to try and ban st- turning production cars into race cars. A uh, recent bill that they passed, we uh, interviewed Peter McGillray from SEMA, org for more information. Big press release there about what EPA is trying to do. Uh, in the first hour, we talked to him. And then this second hour, we talked to Paul Eisenstein, the Detroit Bureau. Sorry for the technical difficulties. We're uh, t- actually taking Paul right off the show floor. And um, that shows you how up and close into the uh, heat of the moment we are and, uh, but as always, we appreciate Paul's efforts and uh, in trying to give us a uh, front page view of what's going on. If you want more information about what Paul does, and uh, excellent writer, I can't say enough good things about Paul. Uh, get out to the DetroitBureau.com. You can read more there and uh, see what that's all about. And uh, we're talking about racing. I want to point out that General Tire, General Tire became the presenting sponsor sponsor of the ARCA season opening Daytona race. Um, the Lucas Oil 200 driven by General Tire is set for February 13th. That's today. That's tonight. Uh, half hour Eastern time, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. General Tire is building on his partnership as the official tire of the Arca Racing Series presented by Menards and will become the presenting sponsor of the upcoming Arca season opening race at the World Center of Racing. So that's uh, about a half hour from now. Um, but uh, again, shows the effort General Tire is making to help bring a sport to the public. So I want to thank them for that. And as always, I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. I want to thank you for being here. Till the next time, the mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.